Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Let's all stand in honor of the word of God, please. We're on our new series of the year, Taking New Ground. As we come before the Word of God today, let's ask the Lord to open our hearts and open our minds to receive what He would desire to share with us. We've been studying out of the book of Hebrews that talks about the incredible trial in the wilderness that the people having been saved out of the land of Egypt. God had a whole lot more for them, a whole lot more. His highest and best, the promised land. How many of you know there is no faith without trial? So when they obeyed the Lord and He miraculously saved them and delivered them, He had more in store for them to possess the land of His highest and best. But they got stuck out there because they wouldn't move on and believe God for more than what they'd seen in the past. What about you today? Are you believing God for more than what you've seen in the past? A more intimate walk, more opportunities given to you to be a witness of the kingdom of God, more resources to operate in the kingdom, work more of his healing virtue in you and your family. Hebrews 3.12, we've been looking at it for the last four weeks, says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of us become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Are we taking new ground in our relationship with the Lord? The Bible says we're new creations in Christ Jesus. God's called us to take new ground. Father, we thank you for your holy and mighty word. We ask you that the life and the power that is in that word will be released today. We ask you to energize and anoint your servant that we would receive the word of God today in Jesus' holy and mighty name. And all the people said, amen and amen. Turn with me to the book of Numbers again. The background for our study. This is session five of our series on taking new ground. You'll remember that uh, the Lord said in chapter 13, Numbers, send out, said to Moses, send out men to spy out this land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. No doubt in God's mind, I am giving it to them. Send out those who will go before and spy out this land and bring back a report. We saw in the very first week that we looked at this, verse 23, they came back with a mighty, not just a word of testimony, but a visual 
of the blessing that dwelt in the land of Canaan. It took two men to carry one cluster of grapes on their shoulders on a pole. When they began to show this to the children of Israel, they were beginning to get very, very excited until, how many of you know that you can get excited until you start listening to the wrong voices? How many of you know it doesn't take long at all to find the wrong voices? You can get encouraged, you can get your faith up, and all of a sudden if you start listening to the voices around you, there comes a mighty turret of water on that fire. You've got to learn to listen to the right voices and to be fast to cut off the wrong voices from your inner man. They began to give a report, and they uh, brought back word to the children of Israel, and they told them, verse 27, the land we went to spy out, boy, it's good. It flows with milk and honey. How much of that you think buzz that they saw in the land of Egypt making bricks for the Egyptian pharaohs? This is a fertile land. This is the land that God gave our father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the land that the Lord said would be ours forever. Notice they put a nevertheless in there. Verse 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large, and we saw the descendants of Anak there. That is a generation of genetic giants, the sons of Anak. How many of you remember the story of David and Goliath? Goliath was part of what was called a, a Nephilim, a descendant of the sons of Anak, over nine feet tall. Um, and we think some of our ball players are big. The Amalekites are there, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Canaanites. There are too many ites over there. How many of you know that when you get excited about something you believe God's told you, there's all kind of ites out there? They may be dressed in newsprint. They may be dressed in physicians' uh, attire. They may be dressed in uh, courts. They may be addressed in a friend on the phone. But there are all kind of ites out there. So be careful when the Lord's told you something that you don't let the ites steal it from you. But I love this in verse 30. Then Caleb, one of two men out of the twelve who gave a good report, quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Let us go up at once. We, why are we waiting around here? Let's go on up and take it, verse 31. But the men who had gone up with them said, We are not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we. How many of you believe that your real enemy are people? Do you really believe that people are your real enemy? That person who has hurt you, that group who's come against you? Do you really believe that people are your main problem? How many of you know our main issue is not on the outside, it's on the inside? We wrestle not with flesh and blood. Isn't that what the Word says? And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land. How many of you see what's happening here? They brought the land and said, it's a good land. 
back there. <laughs> it flows with milk and honey, verse 27. But the longer this conversation was going, it started degenerating. How many of you know if you listen to non-believers, the conversation will always degenerate? So now they're saying the land's bad. A bad report about the land which they spied out. They are, verse 33, the giants are over there. We were like grasshoppers in their sight, and so we were in our sight. That tells you the lens they were looking through internally was their problem. Notice those who listened to those voices, verse four, chapter 14, verse 1, all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and wept. Same ites. They saw the same walled cities. They saw the same obstacles to possessing the land. What was the difference? Why did some see themselves as a victim and others saw themselves as overcomers? What was the, what was the difference? It wasn't on the outside. They saw the same thing. It's the lens through which they were looking on the inside. Their believing mechanism. It makes all the difference. And where some believed that they were victims, the majority, by the way, there was a small minority who believed in the authority of God's Word. Authority. The difference. These two servants of the Lord, Joshua and Caleb, heard the Word, believed the Word, declared the Word, and refused the temptation to disbelieve and retreat. They believed God, not what they saw. God designed all of us, especially in Christ Jesus, this side of the cross, and Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. God has designed all of us as his people to walk in his authority. Why, why should that surprise us? You remember when God created Adam and Eve? The Bible says he looked them right in the eye and he, and he blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. I want you to be productive. I want you to replenish the earth. And I am, I, I, I'm going to give you dominion. And they're going to need it very quickly. To give you dominion in what I have assigned to you. How many of you know that if you're operating in what God has assigned to you, he has given you the right to rule, to overcome, dominion, authority, Authority. Now in the Bible there are three words that are translated differently in the New Testament. One is the term energeo. It means energy. It is, has to do with work, with energy. God is at work. The word there comes from energeo, energizing us to will and to do of his good pleasure. There's another term called dunamis and it's translated power. It is raw, explosive force. Dunamis. 
And the other word is exousia, and it has to do with the right to rule. Did you know that God has given you all three of those by His Spirit, His energy to will and to do of His good pleasure, His explosive power by the Holy Spirit to overcome every obstacle, to bear witness and testimony to the Lord, His exousia, His right to rule in your realm, not in somebody else's. We don't have the right to rule other human beings made in the image and likeness of God. We don't have the right to control and manipulate other human beings. We do have the right to exercise the authority of God in our lives where He has assigned us. The devil should not be operating in the atmosphere of your home. God gave you authority in your home. You shouldn't allow anger, tumult. You shouldn't allow the enemy to to always energize argumentation. You You should demand that there would be peace in the atmosphere of your home. And that means we have to humble ourselves and understand that winning an argument is not important to God. Do you know that? God didn't call you to win the argument in your house. He did call you to love and operate in kindness and respect for one another. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean you don't have an opinion. It means that you recognize that the most important thing you can do in your realm of influence is love those God has brought into your world and to minister the character of Jesus to them. You can win arguments and lose people. It's not worth it. God has designed us to walk in authority by, his create, by, by creative right. In the creating the image and likeness of God, we have the authority, especially in Jesus Christ, to walk in authority in our realm that God has assigned us. It's our birthright, our spiritual DNA, if, if you will. I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, the very last chapter in the book of Matthew, and here's a passage that we really miss a lot of times, because we've all heard growing up in in the church, uh, the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples. How many of you know when we see the therefore, we ought to check out why it's therefore? If we are to go therefore and make disciples to baptize and teach, to bring people to Jesus and to disciple people, we have forgotten what he said the very first, uh, right in front of that, the sentence right before the Great Commission. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and, and all authority. All right to rule is given to me in heaven and earth. Do you recognize when Jesus said that? 
after the incarnation, after his life of total obedience to the Father, after the temptation, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. When the work was done, when you and I had been represented before God the Father in Christ Jesus, after the temptation, you remember after the mighty works of the Lord Jesus in the beginning of his ministry, the Bible says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Why would the Spirit of God lead the Son of God into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? Because Jesus had to undo something that Adam had done. What Adam didn't do in that he succumbed to the lies, the deception, and the temptation of the devil, Jesus had to break the authority in this earth off what Satan had gained entrance through Adam's disobedience to do. So Jesus legally won the authority and the right to rule on the earth that Adam had given to Satan. Satan doesn't have the right to rule on this earth anymore. He's an opportunist, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he doesn't have the legal right Jesus wanted in his own perfect obedience, his own death. Everything that Jesus did has been placed into your account as a believer and into mine. Can you say, thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord. You and I don't have to operate under the lies and deceptions of the evil one. That doesn't mean you won't be attacked, but it means if you will trust the Lord and the authority of God, you will not be defeated. Understand here, remember that third word I told you, exousia, the right to rule? That's what, that's what the Lord was saying here. All right to rule has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Well, Pastor, why do we see, if Jesus has the right to rule on heaven and on earth, why is this earth such a mess? Y'all don't ever think about things like that? <laughs> hey. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. There's a couple of reasons why I want to give you that this earth is in such a mess. Number one is uh, it's, not, it's not the end of all things yet. The Lord will rule and reign in the end. But I also want to tell you there's another reason why we see such a mess. And I want to warn you before you look at this scripture, it's a little convicting. 
How many of you know we need correction? How many of you know that the, the, the more mature you get in Jesus, the more correction you'll get because you're able to hear better? That's a good thing. Whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Amen? Bring it on, Lord. Okay. Ephesians 1. And I pray this over all of those who God has given to walk out this ministry here with me every day. This is Paul's prayer, therefore, verse 15, chapter 1 of Ephesians. After I heard of your faith in the Lord and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give, listen to this, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So you'll really have the spiritual ability to get greater revelation of intimate, the intimate knowing of Jesus. The eyes of your heart being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. He called you. He has filled you with hope. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Do you know what the Father God inherited through Christ the Son? You. And what is the exceeding greatness of his, listen, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Is that you? In accordance with the working of his mighty power, dunamis, that explosive force of power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and exousia right to rule and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in the age to come. Wait a minute now. When Jesus was raised from the dead, the mighty power of God was at work to raise him from the dead, to see him at his right hand, far above in authority over principality, power, might, and dominion. Paul uses those terms throughout his writings to describe demonic spirits under the headship of Satan, demonic spirits, principalities, powers, might, dominion. It is, if you will, in, in military terms, uh, step-ups, principalities, powers, might, dominion, all the way down. There is an order of spiritual demonic beings under the headship of Satan that are carrying out the satanic plan. For what? For your demise. People who say, I don't know about the devil. Well, Jesus did. Um, but notice this. That through the resurrection of Jesus, God has now 
God has now seated Jesus far above any and every demonic hierarchy that exists. And Jesus now has authority over every demonic hierarchy and the devil himself. Verse 22, and, listen, he put all things, how many is all? All things under his feet. That is, God has placed all things under the feet of Jesus and gave him to be head over all things to the who did God give him who has all authority to? The church. Who is that? Some, uh, three of you got it. You said me. God has given all authority into Jesus, and Jesus administers that authority through his body, the church. Delegated Authority, Pastor. God has delegated authority on the earth that belongs to His Son Jesus to His church, His body. Do you have any revelation of the authority that you have as a believer? Not to control and manipulate other people. But to operate in the realm where your real enemy is, and that is we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, world forces of this darkness. But God has, through the resurrection of Jesus, put Jesus in a place of the right to rule over all. But you know what? That authority has to be believed and exercised. Believed and exercised in order for you not to be a victim but an overcomer you have to believe that authority and exercise it the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God for the destruction of strongholds 2 Corinthians 10 do you even know what the weapons of our warfare are do you know about the girdle of truth the breastplate of righteousness the shoes of peace the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the prayer at all times. Put on the armor. But how do you receive that authority? Matthew 16 is pretty clear. Jesus said when he asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him what the prevailing word was. Well, and, you know, that's one of the prevailing words in this world now. Well, he's a prophet, he's this, he's that. And Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the anointed, the anointed one of God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of John. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And from, from now I will tell you this. On the rock of the revelation of who I am, I'm going to build my church on that revelation. Do you have revelation of the authority of Jesus? He built his church on that. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. Do you know that you have the authority in Jesus' name 
to cast down every wicked assignment against you and those that God has committed under your leadership? Do you know that if God has given you that business, you have the divine authority to come against every onslaught of every devil in hell that would seek to destroy that business or that, or that calling that God has put on your life? Do you know that you have every right to go before the throne of God and not to cease and desist but to persist in believing that God Almighty will, will do a mighty work of saving grace a mighty work of convicting power, that he will do whatever it takes to break the, the, the stranglehold of the devil off your children and grandchildren. Do you know you have the right to pray in that kind of authority? The church is so wimpy nowadays that a lot of times the reason that we don't see much is not only because it's not the time for Jesus to establish his total reign and rule forever his eternal rule but right now it's a lot of it's because the churches don't know who we are don't know what we have Ted and that's not the spirit of God's fault authority First Peter 5 tells us not to be deceived and don't go to sleep. That our adversary, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion seeking someone that he may devour. And then he says, be steadfast in your faith. Resist him. Steadfast in your faith. Well, pastor, I don't want to have to be fighting all the time. Listen, God has won the victory and all you got to do is apply the victory that's already won. Amen? But we can't be lazy about it. We have to be diligent. Well, how do we, and I love James 4, 7. It says, submit to God. Submit to God, then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Why is that? Because Jesus has already won the victory. Do you know that although the church don't know about the mighty authority that Jesus has in heaven and earth, the devil knows it. He just don't want you to discover it. The Bible says that all principalities and powers and world forces of darkness saw when Jesus got up out of that tomb. They saw when he ascended to take his seat at the throne of glory and there wasn't a thing they could do to stop it. All you got to do is remind every, every enemy of hell that they are already defeated in Jesus' name. Maybe you ought to sometimes say when you're in spiritual battle, devil, I want to remind you, just speak it out loud, I want to remind you that you and all your henchmen saw the resurrection and the ascension of the Lord Jesus and there wasn't a thing you could do to stop it. In his mighty and holy name, I take authority over you. Now you be dismissed from your assignments against me and my family. You may say, well, pastor, I couldn't speak to evil spirits or the devil. That's hokey. Jesus did. So now what are you going to say? When Jesus was 
face to face with the devil himself. Notice he did a couple of things. The devil said, I know you're hungry. You've been fasting. Won't you command that these stones be made bread? Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There's some people going around today saying, you know, all that Old Testament is just a bunch of stuff that's full of poems and images. Jesus believed every word of it. He said, not one jot or tittle out of this, this holy book shall pass away. He spoke the word of God quoted there in Deuteronomy. Man shall not live by, bre by bread alone, but by every word. And the, and the devil said to him, look, if you're really who you say you are, if you're the son of God, why don't you get on top of the temple? Let's get a crowd there. And you just jump off, and the Bible says, think about this, the devil was quoting the Psalms. Yeah, the enemy is not ignorant, he just twists the truth. The Bible says that God will send angels and keep you from hurting yourself, they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. How many of you know God doesn't, God doesn't have to be put to the test to per please the devil? <laughs> and then the devil said, you know what, look out here. I, all the kingdoms of the earth are mine, and I give it to whomever I choose. Jesus didn't refute that right then. Remember, he had to live that life of obedience, die that death, be raised by the power of the Father and ascend and take his seat in heaven before all right and authority is now given unto him in heaven and on earth. The authority that the enemy had has been broken by the Lord Jesus and given to the church. But it has to be believed and operated in. So then what did Jesus say? You be gone from me, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So what did Jesus do to exercise the authority that he had? He called out the culprit. Maybe you need to say when you begin to sense that there is ground that needs to be taken and you've got an enemy that's trying to keep you from taking new ground in your journey with Jesus, maybe you need to say in the name of Jesus, I declare that this opposition is coming and fueled by the evil one. And I declare you to see, I, I demand you to cease and desist your operation in the name of Jesus Christ who has authority over you. The authority you have has been delegated to you. You didn't earn it. It has been delegated to you by the one who earned it. 
by the Lord Jesus. You don't operate out of delegated authority. The authority is in him, and he's delegated it to you as his son and daughter. So he called out the culprit who was at work. So many times we get beat up by the evil one because we don't recognize who's behind the opposition. And secondly, Jesus stood on the eternal, mighty, powerful word of God. And that's all. You stand on the word of God. It has life, the life of God. Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is full of life and power. The power is in the authority of Jesus and in the Word of God. Calling on that power. Calling on that resource. Wrapping ourselves in the full armor of God. Taking new ground. It has to be received. And then it is released. Pastor, why would you need to say something in spiritual warfare? Because the devil is not omniscient. He don't live in you. He's a spirit being. No, no. The oppression of the evil one is broken by the reception of the truth of the Word of God and the release of the words of your mouth. That, see, that's how you operate on this earth. You believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth. The devil can't hear your thoughts. The only way he can hear your thoughts is if you release them through your words or you, through your actions, are very observable on the outside. That's the reason it's so vital to you to speak the Word of God. Well, I'm not going to do that. Well, just keep on getting beat then. That's what Jesus did. And that is the basis of the authority being released that we see in the Word of God. Amen. Let's all stand, please. Taking new ground, the authority. You know what's the difference between defeat and victory, between being a victim and an overcomer? It's the internal lens through which we're living, through which we speak and choose. Let's be those who may see the same things and hear the same things. But because of that internal lens, what we believe, we're willing to speak and stand. God, forgive us for not acting like the church. Forgive us for believing the lies of, the, of this world. 
pray you would revive your church, oh God. Revive me. Revive all of your children that we may go to a new realm of intimacy with you, God. Forgive us for believing that the hope of this world is in something man-made. Something that is subject to faith. We praise you that you are our righteousness. You are our source. God, forgive us for getting resource and source confused. Help us not to put our security in resources, but in source, and that's you, O oh God. Our ever-changing, mighty shepherd and provider. Forgive us for somehow believing that if we can't figure it out, it must not be of you. <laughs> We decide today to trust in the Lord with all our heart, not lean on our own ability to understand. In all our ways, we will acknowledge, you've got this, Lord. It's you. You will direct our paths. Hallelujah. Thank you for the authority that belongs to the Lord Jesus in heaven and on earth. Thank you for the authority of Jesus in the lives by divine birthright in us, your children. May we be faithful to exercise it righteously and rightfully and diligently for the glory and the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. We ask this in your holy and mighty name, O oh God. Amen and amen. We'll see you in two weeks. Go with God going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.